Hey, what's going on, guys? This is John from Movie Lovers Night, of course. Go on ahead, go over over to Apple Podcast and rate us over there. Of course, on of course on Google Pod. Matter of fact, go on Good Pods. Go on to Good Pods and rate us over there. Tell us what you think. Also, too, it's like social networking for podcasters. So go on ahead, rate us over there, comment over there, and also too, rate us on Spotify as well. Leave a comment or two and. Without further ado, I have Manny the Movie Guy with me. We're going to rock out with our Oscars predictions. This is basically our Super Bowl for movies, so I can't wait to dive into it with Manny. So, let's go on ahead. Let's do this. And, Danny, it's just a privilege to be able to have you on the show talking about the Oscars. And I just want to ask you, what got you into doing movies and stuff like that real quick? What got me in? Uh, well, you know, I, I, as, a, um, as uh, somebody from the Philippines, when I first got here, I went to school. And I started uh, taking film classes. And I didn't know you can academically critique movies. It's something that I've been wanting to do ever since, but I didn't know you could do such a thing until I got here, went to school, and then from the and this was back in like early nineties. <laughs> and oh, so wow. I, I started talking. I mean, I started. Um, this is before Netflix and all of that stuff. So this professor of mine who opened my eyes academically to films um, became my personal blockbuster video. You know, like I would go there every. My goal then mm-hmm. was to watch all the Oscar-winning uh, films from like the nineteen. 19- 20s from wings all the way to like back then i think it was dances with wolves or something uh and so i did oh, wow. that yeah you uh, went way back <laughs> yes i went way back and uh yeah and and so that's and and i and then you know i became a, an entertainment editor film critic for my school newspaper purdue university then somehow god and the universe found along the way that I, this is my talent and so i when i moved here to palm springs nbc station here um baptized me as Manny the movie guy and the rest was history. That's awesome, dude. That's really awesome. And like I said, we're going to be talking about the Oscars tonight. And, you know, I've sat through a lot of the Oscar films lately and stuff like that and just dived into what I think was my my go-to for mine. And, you know, and I'm just going to give everybody a rundown on some of the, for the best picture. We have Belfast, we have Coda, we have Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, for best picture, we also have Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog. So, and West Side Story. Uh, yeah, and West Side Story. So, which one stands out to you? Um. Well, um, I saw The Power of the Dog uh, back in October. Uh, you know, Netflix, you know, invited us to see it and all that beautiful stuff. And it was right around October, November, and I fell in love with it and it never left me. <laughs> and I love Jane Campion. I've talked to her back. Oh my God, here at Palm Springs Film Festival, I want to say my t- 10, 12 years ago. And I've, I've always loved her directing style since the piano. Um, and so that the power of the dog has been my favorite film. Although during the, the, the weekend before the Oscars, I always, uh, watch, all the Oscar nominees again, all the Oscar nominated films, just just to kind of get me ready. Um, I fell in love with Coda the second time around. I'll tell you I, what, I saw that for the first time last night. Yeah. What do you think? 
Oh man, I loved it. It's totally different than Oscars if you think about it. When you look at Oscars, people thinking dark, dreary, slow plot points and stuff like that. With Coda, it's so different from an Oscar nom. Right. And I love that. It's lightheartedness. It's got a lot of heart to it. You care about the characters. The pacing of the film is fantastic. The runtime's only an hour and forty something minutes. It's it's really good, and then the family aspect of it. I really love Coda. I fell in I, love with this Coda the first time I watched it. You know, at the hands of a lesser director, this film would have been, in, uh, you know, like a, a a cheap coming of age, right? They can make it a right. cheap coming of age, young adult thing. But no, this is smart, mature. It became, but yet it's still, you know, it still has some romance, and it still has, you know, and all of those elements that you love. But still, it's smart, and uh, and it's really all about the family. You know, that yes, family. it's all about the family aspect. It's also about following your dreams. And yeah. sometimes you have to do what's best for yourself and pick up yourself and everything and do something for you rather than having to depend on other people. And that's the sad thing about it. It's just tough love right. and stuff like that. That's what I got from the movie itself. But I loved it. The dynamic with the brother and sister element was really good. The The back and forth with the mother and father Especially at the doctor office, I was cracking up. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I saw myself laughing again and again and again. Yeah. I love that movie. You know what? I also love the film, by the way, and it's polarizing, but it also gave Netflix lots of eyeballs. Was don't look up. I love this film, and I saw this again in the, in New York. I, I remember I saw this in New York in December, and we met all the cast. Blah blah blah. Um, <laughs> It, 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 but 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 um, what stood what stood for me was that uh, stood out for me was uh, I said then that um, 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 don't look up is is this year's Doctor Strange Love when Doctor Strange Love or how I stop uh, how I I stop worrying about the bomb um, Stanley Kubrick uh, that was like 1962 I think 63 and that was that was also kind of polarizing it's about the war nuclear you know. Um, but then years later, it was, I mean, it's, it's being studied and admired and revered as, you know, uh, one of the classics. And I think Don't Look Up will be the same, in my humble opinion. Um, I think, um, and also the speech by Leonardo DiCaprio at the end mimics uh, the speech at, at uh, um, Network. Uh, oh, the social network? Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. So, there you go. But I just want to say something about that because I love Don't Look Up. But I think, I, never, I didn't get a chance to watch Don't Look Up or anything yet, but it's on my go-to list. Yeah. And, but I saw the majority of the films, but from what I heard, Jonah Hill does a really good job. Everyone does a good job within their roles. No one's milking it in or anything like that or phoning it in, which is something I do appreciate and everything, too. And also... Meryl Streep, I always love... I, I think her her character here is a little underwritten, but I still love, uh, I mean, I still love her. Uh, you know I mean? It didn't distract you from liking the movie. Um, right. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to have to check it out soon. Best picture, I think, I think uh, The Power of the Dog would still take Oscar gold, take home Oscar gold, even though Coda won the Producers Guild Award, which is a good sign because those are the ones who, who bestow um, the best picture trophy. So we'll see. It'd it be kind of nerve-wracking on Oscar night. <laughs> right. Here's the thing, though. And Power of the Dog has a lot of controversy surrounding it. 
And normally with controversy, either it can be good for the Oscars or it can be bad for the Oscars. Perfect example is The Wolf of Wall Street. Right. And everything. Everybody was thinking, oh, because of the Golden Globe noms and stuff like that. And But there was a lot of other controversy surrounding that film, and that didn't even win Best Picture or anything. So right. with Power of the Dog, it could still have that little twist where it could lean on either Doom, which is one of my go-to whenever I'm thinking that's going to win it. But also, too, I'm rooting for Coda, even though a lot of people are saying Power of the Dog is going to do it. I'm actually one of those people that's being a little bit more optimistic on the other end of the spectrum, where I'm not like everybody else, which is making me stand out a little bit more. But when I look at Dune, I look at Best Picture for the wide-range shots, the cinematography, I look at the direction of the film, I look at the dialogue that's been spoken out, and the casting. And everything shot by shot, screenshot by screenshot, is definitely Academy Award level stuff that you actually think of when you right. look at it. And not saying that uh, Power of the Dog doesn't deserve it or anything like that, but whenever I'm looking at Academy Awards, that's the things that I'm looking at through the eyes of the lenses of the judges on how they look at stuff. And then also, too, even with Coda, even though it doesn't have that wide range shots or whatever, you still have characters that you care about that you can build on to where the point where it's like, you know what, these characters are something that these audiences can, can connect with, can relate with, it has lightheartedness. You know what, I think that I might want to put this in my envelope to not get it actually all the way over there to the finish line. Coda has a lot of things going for them. They also won the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Acting Ensemble. So that means of all those movies, that one has the best acting ensemble has the best acting cast right so maybe <laughs> maybe koda will win fingers. <laughs> but uh let's see here uh, and i just want to point this out i watched nightmare alley my fiance and i both did uh, yeah. brandy's inside the comments section but and here's the thing i feel like with nightmare alley which i'm going to be doing a review tomorrow night on it but not to take away from what i'm going to be doing i don't want to steal my own thunder but I felt like the set pieces within that film itself were too big. It makes the it makes the film feel kind of small. Right. You know what I mean? Because I'm expecting I love I love Guillermo del Toro. I love his direction. I love his storytelling. It's just that I feel like the set pieces makes the scenes so small to the point where you don't have those wide angle shots like I want. You don't have a lot going for it. And also, too, you're supposed to be a traveling carnival, and I didn't really feel like that they were traveling anywhere. I felt like it was th- they were just there in that one area to the right. point where I'm like, wait, you're supposed to be a traveling carnival, but it just didn't land its landing for me to say that this yeah. is best picture. Yeah, I don't think it's Guillermo del Toro's be- better films, <laughs> you know, um, but... Uh, your your comment about where the set pieces is, are bigger than the actors maybe that's intentional though right because True. because the, those characters are all really small and minute I mean the way they do their their morality issues and all that there I mean you know what I mean right so it may be good but you know what though I have I have a suggestion for you before you uh, maybe you can do a compare and contrast maybe watch the original movie from wow. 1945 I want to say and and compare it with this one. Okay, I would that you know you can see, and you can tell which one would be a better film. And I suspect I think the original will be better than this new one. Okay, Although I, I love classic films, I'm a huge yeah. fan of classic films, so I'll definitely check that out. Thank you for the recommendation on that. Yeah. Um. What What about your thoughts on King Richard, though? 
King Richard is good, uh, but I think that's buoyed by uh, by uh, Will Smith's performance. Um, and, and you know, and, and it's well edited. I have a feeling that it may actually win Best Editing uh, more than Dune uh, because the Ace Eddie Awards, the the American Cinematic uh, Editors, uh, gave it the award for Best Feature Film, um, King Richard. Um, so that's good. And 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 you know what? And I, I know it's not the, the category yet, but because of King Richard, I think you know it's 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 about time that we give Will Smith his due. <laughs> Definitely, you know, the guy has been proving that he can. He's not just a comedian or an action star. I mean, he's been showing to us. He's got dramatic chops. Yeah. He's got dramatic chops. The guy can act. Ali, he was. I felt like yeah. was his best performance with that. Oh. Um, but this was a total transformation to me. Where yes. I didn't even feel like I was watching Will Smith. I felt like I was watching this father with his daughters trying to do the best for them on the capabilities that he has and he has doesn't really have that much resources but you care about them and then also too it felt like he transformed into their father i'm like and that's all i saw was just the father aspect i didn't even see will smith as that character anymore i instantly just saw king richard as who he is as he's being depicted in real life so i just got lost in the story Oh, well, that's good. And you know what? The secret to uh, good acting is, of course, disappearing in your character. And right. Will Smith truly disappeared. Like what you said, you don't, you're don't. you not watching Will Smith. You're watching King Richard. Right. And that's something that I really like. But, you know, I'm hoping that something comes out of that. Um, yeah. I haven't seen Liquid Pizza, and I haven't seen Power of the Dog. I'm on my way to see him drive my car. So that's, that's some of the ones that I was on my list. So... Be, be be prepared for Drive My Car. It's long, but it's one of those movies where if you have three hours to spare, just embrace the timing of the movie and you will be rewarded handsomely. Okay. Uh, so just just be prepared for that. Um, licorice Pizza, I do love. And I, that's, Licorice Pizza was like Coda. Like it was experiencing this 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 uh wind beneath its wings right i mean it's 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 progressing progressing and then all of a sudden it's like, it just stopped and i think there's like a couple of uh, missteps of the film i think that kind of had affected it um one is there's like an asian joke that they did in the movie that it became a running gag joke um uh, some people find it offensive and another is the difference between age of 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 the younger teenager and the older adult. So there, there's all those elements. But then it was set in the seventies, back before you know, uh, before we were woke, <laughs> if you may. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean. So, but I still love licorice pizza. I love, love, love. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Paul Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Um. Let's see here. West Side Story. I just reviewed not too long ago. As a matter of fact, I did that last week. Did you enjoy it? To be honest with you, I love what they did that was so different from the 1962 version mm-hmm. and everything. They changed certain stuff up. There was like a few little things that I felt like that, you know, to me, I, I to be honest with you, I like this version a little bit better and everything in certain aspects of it. Like, for instance, I like the fact that Maria and you also have the leader of the Jets going out on a date to get to know each other and him opening up. But the two standouts to me was Roberto, the the, the gang leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his girlfriend, 
those that was the two standouts for me in this movie. And I, even though I like I love Baby Driver, I just yeah. felt like the character, the main character that he plays, was not yeah, that believable to me. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It was a little bland. Yeah, I, I thought he was miscast actually, and no one yeah. has saying that. And I felt like he's very, uh, you know, I mean, he, you need you need a little bit more machismo from him, and right. I quite get it although Rachel Ziegler is freaking fantastic and the movie really and I I hate to say this because you know I love the 1962 version but um but you walked out of there still loving the that older version but this one kind of sort of just made it all fresh again and it's a miracle you know um, but it's also uh, it's also great that they all also paid homage to the original. I mean, all the all the choreography is really from the original the original uh, show, uh, Jerome Ro- Jerome Robbins. Um, you know, so so yeah, I enjoyed it. And you're right. But I walked out of there though. I walked out of the theater um, thinking of Ariana DeBose. Mm. She is freaking fantastic in this film. So. She definitely does a good job with that. To be honest with you, I really loved her for that role. It's just the main actor playing that other role was kind of bland. I was expecting a tough guy, you know what I'm saying? You just got out of prison, and he's just tall, lanky kind of guy. He didn't look like he... Come on, you're going to lift weights, for crying out loud, if you're in prison. At least look like that you buffed up a little bit, you know? And I just didn't really feel like he was that threatening to be the leader of the Jets. The only thing that I have to say is the dialogue with the date alone made me care about his character a little bit. Now, yeah. the Officer Kripke song, to me, was a little, to be honest with you, it felt kind of forced in a sense. I really didn't really care for that piece, but I appreciate the humor within it. It's yeah. just that one song just didn't land for me like I wanted to, but I liked the whole entire deal where you have these kids in this old neighborhood, the neighborhood's being demolished, and they're coming out from the rubble. And everything yeah. and it's showing that they're the survivors of this rubble. And that's to me what the film represents is them as survivors surviving the slums of that area that their parents once were part of and now it's gone. Right. Yeah, yeah. That is the main uh to me is one of the big biggest uh change that they did, biggest changes that they did. Um because you know, in the original there was none of that. The rubble, yeah. you know. But this one, it's and this one is so um, it's very uh, nonchalant about it too. I mean, you just see the, the the camera pan up, and then you see that it's being. So I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty smart. It's a very Spielberg, Spielbergian, Spielbergian, right. yeah. <laughs> or Spielbergist. <laughs> but another thing too is even they changed out the one of the uh, sharks gang members though too, where basically the main. Uh, the, gang, the leader of the gang is like, hey, look, I don't want you to be part of this life. I want you to do what you're going to be doing. You're going to college and stuff like that. I like the fact that they changed his character up to the point where it's like he's not a gang member or anything like that. He, I felt like he was more like a concierge, yeah. uh, like a godfather type of role. If he was going to go to college and if the leader of the Sharks were going to take over, he was going to be like the godfather of that area. Right. right and that, right. Ki- that character was going to take over for him as a concierge. Yeah. I loved how they did that differently with this one. And you have motivation behind why he wants to kill the main character. You have that plot detail. I really, I have to say, I I, I enjoyed this, even though nobody really asked for a West Side Story remake. Then again, what movie did we actually ask for? Yeah. But I thought it was perfectly well done. 
Yeah, exactly. Season. That's the miraculous part of it too, is that, you know, no, you're, you're right. No one asked for a West Side Story, but Spielberg said, well, you know what? Here it is. And you will right. love it. And we did all love it. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, and I love Rita Moreno there. You know, it's kind of like an homage to the old one. And yes, it's it's fantastic. I enjoyed the film. That was my number three, actually. My number one was Power the Dog last year. And uh, Belfast was my number two. Okay, I, I heard Bel- about Belfast. I haven't seen that one. Belfast is great. It's uh, you know, it's it's an autobiographical tale of Kenneth Branagh's uh, uh, childhood. Um, but but what's awesome with this film? Well, we'll see. It won the Toronto Film Festival, and normally, uh, I want to say like for the last ten years, whatever film won for uh, the Toronto Film Festival wins the Best Picture Oscar. Uh, but this time it's kind of different. I don't think Belfast will take home the Best Picture trophy, which is kind of sad because it's by Focus Features and Focus hasn't won a Best Picture trophy ever. And they've and they are and they've created a lot of great films the last the last ten years. You know, the last twenty even. You know, Brokeback Mountain is one of them. You know, they could have won Best Picture for that, but Crash won. <laughs> right. And I remember Crash being one of those movies that was the most talked about during that year. Yeah, as well. Well, it was really well, but here's the problem: Brokeback Mountain uh, right. was on. Its, well, Brokeback was the front runner. It won everything. everything. Bah, bah, critics' choice, la la la. And at the Oscars, it's like the Academy said, "Oh, no, gay cowboy for us." <laughs> <laughs> it was too soon. So, you know what <laughs> I mean? Too and here's the thing: people still talk about Brokeback Mountain, but no one talks about Crash anymore. Oh, it goes to show you how underrated Crash is now. Everybody you know? still talks about Brokeback Mountain, regardless of the fact that you liked it or not. People and still Crash, talk about it. Crash, I mean, Crash is a good movie, but it was just like a really neatly, neatly tied racism film. And in racism, sorry, doesn't you cannot tie it in a nice bow, right? Yeah. I wish we all could, but this one wasn't. And I heard a rumor that the reason why, uh, I mean, Clint Eastwood was supposed to be against Brokeback Mountain, and uh, he went around and campaigned against it. Uh, so it will not win, and that's what right. happened. That's what I heard. <laughs> now, the question, that's why I'm questioning uh, Power of the Dog in that same kind of aspect where everybody's talking about it. This could be the same thing that happens. And, of course, you also have Sam Elliott, I believe, was the one who was backlashing with it. I'm like, dude, you're playing a country-western character. You're not even a real cowboy. You're pretending right. to be a cowboy. That's exactly what Jane Campion said. <laughs> when, she won, when she won the Directors Guild Awards, they asked her, and, and, he said, and she said, you know, he's an actor. He's not a cowboy. You know? Right. Um, and he's complaining about Montana. It was being... It was, supposedly Montana, but it was shot in New Zealand. Well, because there was COVID during, I mean, there was, it, it was the height right. of the pandemic. Plus it's cheaper to shoot it. It's budgetary reasons. And that's why, I mean, and Western is a myth, right? It's a myth of the mind, the Western, the West, right? It's a myth. It's how we envision how the Western right. is supposed and, to look like. Exactly. And so it can be shot in New Zealand and make it Wyoming or whatever. Right. So, right. um, so, I mean, the, what Sam Elliott was complaining, and, and, and of course, it was complaining about the illusions of homosexuality in the film. And he missed the point because that's the point of the film. Right. <laughs> that's the biggest point of the film, you know. So, yeah. I'm, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
I don't think, I don't know. I mean, it's just a movie, really. <laughs> Why, like, you know, create such a big fuss? Exactly. Um, I just don't get it. It's just a little small things that people fuss over is the biggest things that I just don't understand. To be honest with you, I accept people for who they are. I don't care about anything else. And plus, a movie's supposed to take you away from the reality that we're living in to make us forget about stuff around us and to reunite us as people. Because going, and I said this in an interview that I did, but going to the movies is the one place you can go to where you can forget about religion, you can forget about sex, you can forget about racism, you can forget about everything. Everybody's for one for one single moment everybody's wrapped in this one universe that this director made for us. Right. And we can celebrate it and talk about it just total strangers because we both shared an experience. And that's what going to the movies is all about. You know? Exactly. Yep, yep. Tell that to Sam Elliott. <laughs> uh, I will. As a matter of fact, after this, I think I'll tweet him. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, I want to go ahead and get into the director part of it. Okay. With... Uh, Belfast being Kenneth Barana being best director. Then you have Rascoe Hamaguchi. I think that's how you say his name. Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car. Yeah. Thank you. This is why I have you on the show because I can't pronounce certain things. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog. And then, of course, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. Yeah. Um, I, I think I. You know where my heart is. It's Jane Campion. She already won the Directors Guild of Awards. So, I mean, just give it to her. And it's kind of nice that it's, a, it's just the second female. If she, When she wins this Sunday, uh, she'll be the second female director to do so. Um, you know, next to the Hurt Locker. Catherine, Kathleen, oh, my, her last name. Uh, <laughs> the Hurt Locker. Um, Catherine Bigelow, I think. Thank you. <laughs> you see, we're playing trivia over here. I can't pronounce words. You're over there helping me. I'm helping you. That's teamwork. But <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't really give best director for this category right now because I only saw one film out of these other films. That's my problem right now. To me, I feel like that Dune should have got. I don't know why he got the director from Dune didn't got snobbed on that because I feel like he should have been in there too. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Here's the thing with Dune, and I think Dune will sweep all of the technical awards. Sound, you know, uh, maybe costume even. It, 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 Cruella may win costume, but um, but um, the problem with Dune is everyone knows it, everyone that it's not a complete film. It is half of a film that's, you know what I mean? It's and an episodic so that, movie. That, that made the track voters from it. Um, although I love that it, it, it's, it's nominated for Best Picture, you know? Um, and that's amazing. But I think that's, that's one of the things that people may think about Dune when they're voting is that, oh, it's not a complete movie. Right, so. because it's episodic and people may not may be stray away from it because of the fact it's episodic. So right. I can understand why maybe that might be the problem. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So now let's go. On, we'll get into the best actor category. Uh, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, which was fantastic, by the way. Yes. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dog, and Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom. And then Will Smith, King Richard, then Zell Washington for the Tragedy of Macbeth, and I think yep. it'll be Will Smith for King Richard. Um, 
good sign is that he already won the Screen Actors Guild. And in this category, the Screen Actors are voting for their own. And I think they will give it to uh, Will Smith. And like you and I decided, and like you and I said earlier, it's about time to give it to Will Smith. He's been yep. showing us over and over that he's done being an action star and it's now ready to be an actor. And just, you know, just give it to him. <laughs> Plus, it's yeah, amazing. Just- if it was up to me and I had the award in my hand, I'm like, you know what, Will, here you go. Here's your here's your Oscar. You deserved it, man. Because no one works harder than Will Smith when it comes down to biopics. Yeah, it's you're right. And total the, transformation. He's the sweetest, sweetest person, too. So, you know, just give it to exactly. him. He's amazing. I love it. I love his work. I love Will Smith. Um, like you said, Ali, he was good in Ali, Ali you know, and even he was fantastic. His very first film, Six Degrees of Separation, he was amazing in it. And Percussion then, was also another one. And then, you know, and then after Six Degrees, he did um, um, uh, the 4th of July, Independence Day. And then he got pegged into doing that kind of roles. But uh, but now he's older and wiser, and I think it's time that he gets to win Best pick, uh, Best Actor. Agreed, because like I said, it's a total transformation of who of Will Smith. Whenever he's embodying that fatherly role in that film, he deserves that award. Not saying that Denzel doesn't, because let's say, look, Denzel won his. He had his time, Denzel, right? Yeah, right for uh, Training Day yeah. and everything. So let Will have his shine now, because Will deserves it. Yeah, hands down. Yeah. And I was like, well, Andrew Garfield might win it for Tick, Tick, Boom because of Spider-Man and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, but here's the thing. You have to look at which is the better film. You have to look at the... Also, too, Spider-Man is a different monster compared to Tick, Tick, Boom. Right. And also, too... Tick, Tick, Boom is a good movie, and I enjoyed... I enjoyed Andrew Garfield there, I and mean, he sang his heart out. He actually sang in the film and danced and performed. And you know, if you saw the movie, you know it's like it's like a Lin Manuel Miranda masterpiece, yeah, right? It's right, and, but he was able to do it and put heart in it, and it's hard, you know. So it really is. If if he wins, I'll be happy. <laughs> I'll be very very happy actually. But if Will wins, I'll be fanboying. I'm not going to lie. I'll be sitting on my couch, eating my popcorn, and just fanboying over the fact that Will finally won his Academy Award, just like how Leonardo DiCaprio won his and everything. So I'll be thrilled if he does. And also, too, I loved... uh, Matter of fact, I ended up loving the Ricardo movie, to be honest with you. I I thought that was a fantastic film. It's a good film, I enjoyed that film. A lot of people are complaining about, you know, why, why cast... Somebody from Spain when you need some a Cuban actor. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, I thought he was good in it. Javier Bardem. And I thought that Nicole Kidman was fantastic as Lucille Ball. She yeah. is acting not just Lucille Ball, but also Lucy. If you have to, you know, she's doing the actress. She's two different entities. Right. And she did it well. She did it. Really, I love her. I love Nicole Kidman. And it's hard to pull that off because here's the thing. You get it's the difference when you play a character on TV, and then you have to snap out of it and play your own self away from the cameras. Yeah. And now she has to play not only a part where she's got the cameras on her; she's Lucy. Then yeah. the lights are off. Oh, now I have to be a normal person, and now I live with Ricky Ricardo and everything, and now I have to show my struggles and my insecurities around him off the things that I do, which is very hard to do. Yeah. And that's something that I really have to say. Nicole Kidman did a really good do- job. 
Javier Bardem did a good job on it, but my vote is still going for Will Smith. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, listen, I agree yeah. with you on that. What about best act? Because we talked about Nicole Kidman already. Let's go to best actress, right? Okay. What do you think? You so we got it? Jessica. Right, we got Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Coleman, The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz, Par- Parallel Mothers, Being the Ricardos, and of course, Christian Stewart for Spencer. So, out of those picks, what do you think? Well, let me tell you, my heart, really, my heart belongs to Christian Stewart in Spencer. If you guys had seen the film, there's one scene in there, uh, in the pool hall, in the in the billiard room. Um, and all you could see was her doing this with her hand but while she's talking. And she's, it's nuanced to a T. And she's like nervous and mad and, you know, and, and you can tell. I mean, my God, Kristen Stewart is a freaking fantastic actress. If you're pigeon, pigeonholing her as Bella Swan in Twilight, I mean, come on. I mean, she's done other things and that. Like Robert Pattinson, you're going to just call him Edward Cullen in Twilight because he's done so many freaking fantastic films after that. Right. And, and and then now he's the Batman, right? And and people I agree with you. The Batman, buying him as a Batman. Same thing with Kristen Stewart. She's amazing here. Actually, if I have to go from like my one my top three, it's uh Kristen Stewart, Spencer, Nicole Kidman being the Ricardos, and Jessica Chastain, the eyes of Tammy Faye. I love them all. I love all of these ladies. Olivia Coleman's fantastic, the lost daughter, but now Lip Cruz fantastic and parallel mothers. But if you notice, the ones that I pick are the ones based on real life people because right. I think they're harder. I like what I said. I, for instance, Nicole Kidman has not only act as like Lucille Ball, but she also has to be Lucy from I Love Lucy, Ru- Lucy Ricardo, right? Same thing with Kristen Stewart. I mean, Princess Di is such an iconic character, and if there's one misstep of your acting it's so evident because Kristen Stewart is very memorable as Bella Swan you cannot take your and that's hard right because she has a bigger life role typecasting because they get lost in the typecasting even the actor who played Harry Potter had a tough time coming out and everything too out of that nutshell the only one that made it was Emma Watson for a while and now you have the actor from uh, Harry Potter that's actually doing a fantastic job now and Robert Pattinson typecast. Yeah. And even though I didn't like the Twilight movies either, Brandy, because I didn't like uh, Twilight either, but here's the thing. I let time marinate a little bit where, I'm like, there's got to be a legit reason why Robert Pattinson was cast as the Batman. Yeah. So I went through his whole filmography looking for something to hit for me. I watched yeah. Good Times. I also watched The Devil All the Time and Lighthouse. And The Devil All the Time sold me. Then I watched Lighthouse. Then I watched uh, Good Times. I loved it. Those three yeah. films are the standouts for me. Even when he was doing Twilight, he made a movie called Remember Me. And I still remember I, that film to this day. Have you seen that film? Remember, I remember Me? the plot twist within that movie. Yeah. At the very end of it. And I, I interviewed him that back, back then. And he was smoking a lot in that film. And I remember telling him, my God, you made me want to smoke a lot. And he just <laughs> It was kind of cool. But yeah, I, I mean, personality though. And look, Kristen Stewart before Twilight, I mean, she stole she stole some scenes in Into the West, right? With um Emil Hirsch. She was yeah. just poor girl in a in 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 a, in a mobile home. Even Panic Room. Panic Room yeah. is that. She's amazing. She went toe to toe with Jodie Foster in the film. I mean, you know, she let me tell you, Kristen Stewart is 
if 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 it, it you know if it's a it's a it's a fair Oscars, <laughs> she will win Best Actress in my category, but in this category. But I think it's it's Jessica Chastain's here, and I also love Jessica Chastain, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, and the reason I'm basing this on is I'm basing this on all leading up to the Oscars, BAFTA. She won Critics' Choice Awards, uh, which I'm I'm a proud voting member of, and uh, and also she uh, won the Screen Actors Guild. So I mean, she's got all of this in her cachet, and I think she will win the trophy on Sunday for Best Actress. Jessica I can definitely Chastain. see that. Time too. She's been nominated a lot. Jessica Chastain, she hasn't won. So right. yeah, I think it's uh, to be honest with you. If I could actually pick any Oscars that would actually pick out the times and everything, I think that is going to be Will Smith's time and also her time now. Yes, everything is now time to actually represent the people that got snobbed a bunch of times. Although I'll be the happiest person on earth if Kristen Stewart wins or Nicole Kidman wins, but, yeah, either or. Right. I'll be jumping up and down. You Trust see, me. Nicole Kidman and Kristen Stewart are my t- two tops, and I've watched Spectre, and I wasn't expecting much from it because of the fact I'm always thinking Kristen Stewart, no facial expression or anything like that. And, you know, finally there's a movie, because even though there's some movies that I'm like, eh, it's Kristen Stewart, or, you know what I'm saying. It's just typical film stuff. And yeah. then finally, I'm always rooting for someone behind the scenes to have like a comeback or someone that blows me away. Yeah. Becker, she blew me away as Princess Diane. I was not I was actually surprised to see that. Because that's hard to pull off in a biopic. And then also too, I also like Nicole Kidman, so those are my two picks as well. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, if you saw the ending of uh, Spencer, it's also it's also kind of fun. It's hopeful. And Pablo Lorraine, the director of the film, is fantastic. He's a good storyteller. It's very slow and methodical, just like Jackie with Natalie Portman two years ago. I mean, it's very slow and methodical, but she's good in that movie too. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. If Kristen Stewart wins, I'll be happy. And by the way, I have like a quick uh, Twilight story. If you look at your, if you have a DVD of Twilight Breaking Dawn. I think the last one, you would see my name in the back. The best Twilight ever. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. I, I never noticed. Now that I'm going to have to look that up. Because I've been true. seeing a lot of... Because it was the last Twilight. I'm like, yay, it's the best Twilight ever. <laughs> because you know what, man? I've been seeing a lot of people that I follow now. Now I, watch, now I look at the DVD covers. Yeah. Because Scott Mance, I know uh, Scott Mance through the Schmodown and stuff like that. And so now I'm like, okay, I want to look at the people that I know. It's no longer about the actors. Now it's about the critics that I know um, and stuff also, like that. Uh, Magic Mike, the first one, the Magic Mike one, I, I'm on the front. Red Hot Sexy or something. It's funny. <laughs> All right. I'm going to check that, those out now. now. Now you got me wondering where your name is actually at. So, yeah, I'll definitely be doing that. Um, so Best Supporting Actor, we have... Uh, Carrie Ann Hines for Belfast. We have Troy Coster for Coda. Jesse yeah. Pellmans for The Power of the Dog. J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, which he did a fantastic job with that, too. Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. And those are the ones for the Best Supporting Actor. My choice is Troy Kotsur for Coda. He's fantastic in here. Without saying a word. I mean, that is a miracle, right? Right. Uh, and, and again, again, he also won the Screen Actors Guild. He's been he's the front runner, and I think this will be. That's why they always give the best supporting actor. Why do you think best supporting actor is always the first one that they give out? Because 
normally whoever is in this category has been the front runner through and through it's kind of like by the time the oscars come it's like oh let's just give it to him because he's gonna you know what i mean um right. so i think troy cut and i think it uh, and it's uh, you know and he's deserving definitely deserving because here's the thing it's 99.0% of acting when you can't where there's no dialogue and is that 1% where you're acting with dialogue you can do a lot with the eyes you can see a lot with the eyes and everything too and tell a story without telling anything but it also makes it a little bit more complex because of the fact he is a deaf actor and, and it's film my god inspiring. He made me cry like near me the too. end. Was like when when she comes back and hugs him, and I'm like, ah, I just bawled. I'm like, oh my Dude. god! <laughs> I said this in my small little review uh, on my personal page and also on my Twitter. I said I cried man tears with yeah. this movie. I cried. I laughed. I this movie has so much heart in it. I never had a movie that pulled me in the way this did. And also too, it has my of course my hometown of Boston represent but still but it doesn't just focus on the boston aspect or anything which is something i appreciate this is just telling the story of a simplified story and telling it into the lenses of the daughter right and that's what i loved about it it was moving it was captivating it moved me it's also inspiring if you're an someone that's deaf and want to get into acting now you have a way of actually getting into acting we also saw that with uh, what's that one alien movie that came out? It had Emily, Emily Blunt in it, A Quiet Place, with a little oh, small deaf child yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything, too. So there is a community for the for the hearing impaired and stuff like that. So that's something that I really loved about yeah. how moving it was and so inspiring, even if you're, you're deaf or you're not deaf. There's something for everybody in this movie. And it's all about the love for music. And it's kind of like the dichotomy is the daughter loves music, but her family could not hear it because they're all deaf. You know, I mean, it's, it's so brilliant, so simple. It's brilliant. I love the film. Me yeah. too. And like Very I said, it's not so complex. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so now we actually move on to our best supporting actresses. Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter. Ariana DeBose for West Side Story. Judy Dench for Belfast, Christian Dunst for The Power of the Dog, and Anna June Ellis for King Richard. Yeah. You know what? Leading up to the Oscars, I'm going to say back in September, like maybe after, like the start of the award season, everyone was hoping that Kirsten Dunst will already take home the Oscars. And she, I mean, you know what? At any given year, yes. She's fantastic in here. And so is Ingenue Elise, right? In, in, the, right. in King Richard, she's fantastic in there. Judy Dench, I think they just nominated her here because she's Judy Dench. I mean, although her her um, the last scene in Belfast is her. Uh, I'm not gonna read it if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. But but I love that that the Academy put Jesse Buckley in here for the Lost Daughter. She plays the a young Olivia Coleman in the film. I mean, they really don't look alike, right? But um, and I so and I told this to them in I, we did a press conference with them and I said you know let me just can we can I just say, uh, let's give a round of applause she wasn't there Jesse Buckley during that day but they're like they all agree yes I go you know I mean how did you guys how did you guys plan it I asked Olivia Coleman like how were you did you guys uh, you know, plan that this is how I'm gonna act, and you're gonna copy me, or you know, no, they didn't. They just it's it's it it just became raw and organic, and and you don't you don't for you don't 
think of Olivia, the character of Olivia Coleman, without thinking of her as a younger self with Jesse Buckley in the role. I mean, she's amazing in this film, and I just love that the Academy didn't forget her, to nominate her, because she was being forgotten by all the other critics' awards and everything, but uh, even the Golden Globes. But no, but she's remembered by the Academy, and that's fantastic. But with that said, I think it'll still be Ariana DeBose from West Side Story to win because when you walk out, of, when you walk out of that theater, you will remember her and her yellow dress. That's all you're gonna remember. For I mean, you'll remember a lot, but you'll remember her and her yellow dress and how fierce she was. And it's so cool that Rita Moreno won this in 1962, and you know, years later, same character. It will be uh, won by Ariana DeBose as uh, Anita, as Anita in West Side Story. And I love Anita. Anita to me was a solid standout and everything. I love that. Reason. Yeah, she's the voice of reason in the film. Yes. Until yes. she, you know, <laughs> until they did something wrong to her and then she gets mad. <laughs> right. So let's see here. Now we're going to get into adapted screenplay. No, original screenplay. Which is going to be, yeah. Uh, go ahead, is, yeah. And the nominees. Uh, yeah, it's going to be Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and The Worst Person in the World. Wait, are you on, on are you an original or adapted? Uh, original screenplay. Sorry about that. I lost my spot for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Ooh. Well, if you guys hadn't seen The Worst Person in the World, by the way, watch it. I love that film. But the Writers Guild Awards, uh, which happened on the 22nd, was it Monday? Yeah, Sunday or Monday, um, um, gave this trophy, this Best Original Screenplay, to Don't Look Up. Adam McKay was so surprised and happy that, wow, they actually gave it to him. Because I thought this is either Licorice Pizza or Belfast. It's for them to win. But now Don't Look Up is like becoming the front runner. So, uh, you know what, John? I think this is this is hard category. And I think I'll look, I'll, I think I'll go for, uh, I'll go for Belfast. I think they'll give okay. something to Belfast. I you know, yeah. even though I haven't seen Belfast, my gut is also saying the same thing. It just has so much appeal to it, I think, that people still talk about it. And there's so much hype around it to the point where it's, it's in my gut where basically I'm going to have to go with Belfast. And I know that some people still talk about Don't Look Up, but not that many people anymore. It's well, like slowly becoming off everybody's radar. Well, you know what? Uh, and I think the Academy, here's the thing. The, in Belfast, the real main star of the film is the little kid, Jude Hill, as the young Kenneth Branagh. He's really the main star. But they didn't give him any nomination or anything. It's probably because this is his first film, right? Um, right? But I think they would still want to bestow something, give something to Belfast, and I think this will be it. I think he, they will, it will win Best Original Screenplay, okay. you know? Because Don't Look Up is a little bit uh, polarizing for the Academy, I think. That's true. Uh, so now we are going to have our adapted screenplay one now. <laughs> uh, category, which is Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and The Power of the Dog. Yeah! Also, this is a hard category. I think I'll go with... Uh... I'll go with Coda. This will be one of those years where one of them will win best 
writing and one will win best picture and i think power the dog will win best picture and coda will win best adapted screenplay and it's an adapted screenplay because it's based coda is based i want to say it's a french film uh le famille i think it's called like Le, Le for me billy uh, uh i want to say four or five years ago so uh yeah i think oh that's wow it. okay that's you know, that's something i didn't know i pulled that out of my booty i just like oh <laughs> You know I what think- though? Your French is better than my French. I'm just gonna be real with you. <laughs> like I couldn't even pull that out of my booty. To be honest with you. <laughs> so let's see here. Um, if I'm gonna have to go, you know, what I said about Dune, right? I know. Um, I'm thinking, but yeah. no, not for this one. I'm going with Coda because of the fact number one, like you mentioned to me before, Dune is an episodic movie. Yeah. And everything, and it's hard to do an episodic type of film when it's geared towards the Oscars, right? And everything. So, with that being said, my vote is for Coda. Yeah, again, yeah. cool. Because the simplicity is not complex; people understand it, and people gravitate towards something that they understand versus doing a two and a half hour movie based off of other religions, based off of episodicness and stuff like that. Yes, I made up that word, but <laughs> based off of epi- being episodic. And everything, I'm gonna have to go with something that's a little bit more simple, which is Coda. Yeah. So, best animated feature in Canto, Flea, Luca, The Mitchells versus v- Machines, and Raid the Last Dragon. Uh, you know, I think it's Encanto. I love Encanto. I also love Luca. I love Luca. Did you see Luca? Luca is a Luca is like, call me by your name. <laughs> you see, I'm. I'm I ended up watching Luca. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very different from a Pixar movie because you're expecting something more on the Pixar level, but you understand the message that it's trying to teach at the same time. Right. And within that message between, uh, it's about accepting people for who they are, regardless of the fact that they're different or not. And also the LGBT community as well. And that's what I got out of that. And also too... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And also, too, you know, I liked um, Luca a little bit and everything too. But I'll go in my my choice in a minute. But going ahead, I want to I want to hear your thoughts. Well, I also love the Mitchells versus the Machine. Yes, it's also a smart, smart film, and also uh, it won the Annie Award. The animated, you know, all these animated professionals they gave this award to them. Also, that's also a good sign. But I don't. But I think the Academy as a whole still falls for Disney and still falls, you know, um, and Encanto. I mean, you could not escape Encanto, uh, even no. the. We don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, Yes. Uh, So, yeah. So, I think it's Encanto. Right. And my two picks was Mitchells versus the Machines because of the fact that it's a relatable film. And also, too, it's about technology, about how technology is pretty much the way it's moving, how we can be addicted to our machines and stuff like that. And the next thing you know, the machines are taking over us. We saw that with Matrix. We saw that with Terminator. But we don't listen. But... (laughs) You know, um, that's what I got for with Michael with with that movie. But I'm gonna have to go with Encanto simply because of the fact. Yeah, it's a Pixar movie. It's a Disney movie. Would I like Michael's versus the Machines? Yes, I would. Yeah. But as an if I'm a whenever I watch these films, I view it as an Academy Award judge. Yeah. On that caliber, because that's the way you're supposed to do it. 
rather than on your viewpoints, but you're viewing it as an Academy Award judge. And so as if you're looking for character building, looking for characterization and characters, if you're looking for something simplistic about family, about also to not only family, but where she comes from and stuff like that and making it very relatable that's with the movie that I would go with is Encanto because of the soundtrack, because everybody still sings. We don't talk about Bruno. And also too, one of my friends also downloaded that song recently too. And that, and all he does is hums it. And matter of fact, even when uh, I'm sitting there with my fiance's kid and everything, and he's watching his cartoons, I'm humming that song and everything too. So it's very catchy. Is this year's let it go? <laughs> yes. Too bad they didn't nominate that song for the best song category. Right. That poor thing. Bad decision there, Disney. Um, yeah, so we both decided that we're going to do Encanto, right? Yeah. Right. All right. Okay. So now we got production design. We got Doom. We got Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Like what I said earlier, I think Dune will win all the technical awards, and mm-hmm. I think we'll win this. Yeah, I think so, too. Like I said, whenever I'm looking through the lenses of the Academy, I'm looking through the wide range of camera angles and stuff like that, and also, too, um, just the cinematography. So, yeah, production design for Dune. Uh, so that's going to be my pick as well. Although I would not be surprised if West Side Story takes this, because I mean, look at all of those camera work that still, you know, true. All the overhead shots. That it's fantastic. That's true. That's true as well. We can't rule out West Side Story, even though it's a remake, but yeah. it still has a lot of story building within itself, though. Too. Uh, so let's see here. We got costume design: Cruella, Crayona, Crayono, uh, Dune, Nightmare Alley, and West Side Story. Is that custom this uh you know Cruella. I'm not a big fan of Cruella, but I think in this category it's it's gonna win. See, I'm gonna go the opposite. I'm gonna go West Side Story for the simple fact when you look at the gang leader's uh girlfriend's dress, and I even said this in my review. I said in order for her to stand out, she has to look different than everybody else to show the fact that she belongs to someone in power. That's and true. how do you do that? You do it with that rose-colored uh, uh, dress that she has on. That makes her stand out, makes her feel powerful, makes her feel in control, and also to someone that answers to the person that's in charge as well. So I'm going to have to go, because of that, with West Side Story. West Side. Yeah, but uh, you know what? Don't forget that Cruella is about fashion. Ooh. And category is about <laughs> Fashion, so I think it's Corrales, but we'll see. You, I, you can call me and say, "Man, yeah, yeah, yeah," but <laughs> I'll definitely be doing that. <laughs> uh, so now we're gonna look at cinematography. Like I mentioned, with um, speaking of Dune, Dune is actually nominated. Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, The Tragedy of, Mes- of Macbeth, and West Side Story. Yeah. So I'm still gonna go with cinematography for Dune. Dune, yes, it has a strong, strong chance to win. You're absolutely correct. Although the power of the dog, if it wins, it will be fantastic because, you know, 
um ari i forgot her last abner i think she is the only the second can you believe this the only second woman to get nominated to be nominated in this category and if she wins will be the first so i mean i kind of want it for historical purposes and also she's great i mean if you saw power of the dog the, the, the cinematography that they're doing they're following then it's 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 almost kind of magical because they follow this subject and then when it happens it's a different thing that you're watching it's it's fantastic but i think it's june it's going to be dune because of the vista the big scope it's exactly so i think that would win but you're right see uh so now we actually have editing editing oh you know the editors uh the ace eddie awards gave it to king richard but i think dune has a strong chance of winning this uh most most films that win this category are normally like action you know or fast right. paced that's why I, I was happy that tick tick boom was part of it because i mean it was well edited uh but yeah i think for this category it's uh, it's going to be doomed for me doing as well and not because that's actually one of my favorite oscar movies and everything too aside from coda or king richard it's just the editing process of them having to actually line everything up and a per and, and a balance of telling a story the way they did was perfectly executed in my opinion yeah 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 uh so let's see here now we have makeup and hairstyling so we have coming to america cruella dune the eyes of tammy faye and house of gucci which is surprising to actually see house of gucci get on the list for something Right, and I'm so happy that it only is relegated to makeup and hairstyling, because for the for the I mean, people are buying that Lady Gaga was fantastic. Sorry, Lady Gaga fans. Sorry, monsters, but <laughs> Lady Gaga wasn't that good in House of Gucci. Um, she uh, she is a reactor. She's like a female Tom Cruise. She's a reactor actor in my humble opinion um so i'm happy that she didn't get nominated but um um uh, for this category i think it'll be cruella Make i can definitely see cruella because here's the thing coming to america i didn't really care for uh at all right, right? that's a that's a bad film yeah was, i'm like why is that being on there that should have if anything have coda on there for best hair makeup or whatever even though there was not really much makeup going on but you know what, the, costume, the costume designers had given coming to america the best contemporary film award because of probably of all the you know the fantastic <laughs> customs and la 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 you know right but, i gotcha but yeah, it's got to be Cruella for that one because of the fact, look how many things that Emma Watson, not Emma Watson, but Emma Stone did yeah. during that. That's a lot of makeup designing, a lot of hairstyling that she had to do. So yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go for makeup and hairstyling for Cruella. So the next one we got is Sound, which is Belfast, Dune, No Time to Die, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Oh, No Time to Die has a strong chance in here, but I think it'll be Dune again. Right. I think it's going to be a tie, you know what I'm saying? Like, between the two of them. Whenever they go ahead and announce the nominees, I'm like, ooh. Because I know how I would choose. I would actually go with No Time to Die over Dune for this one. Yeah. But Dune just has a better tone and a better way of pacing in certain things when it comes down to the sound aspect. But, you know. Well, when... when when you predict the Oscars, you also have to look at uh, how many nominations it got. 
that that shows how much love it has from the academy and dune just is like power of the dog had the most nominations this year but dune followed and so you know that a lot of people love this film a lot of academy voters love this film that it will definitely win some of um, maybe more most of them most of the 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 technical awards right yeah. and uh let's see here now we got the visual effects. Doom. <laughs> say no <Now>. more. Dude. <laughs> it's just like all we're going to do is say, dude. <laughs> I love that Shang-Chi is here and Spider-Man No Way Home is here. And Free Guy, look, we knew Free Guy was even here. Which but- is actually ironic that they actually put Free Guy in there. You know? Because no one actually thought that they would actually put a video game or OC original character video game. Yeah. into this category, which I find fascinating, to be honest with you. And Ching-Chi, I love Ching-Chi in The Legend of the Ten Rings and in Spider-Man No Way Home, but to me, Ching-Chi's special, uh, visual effects stand out more than Spider-Man, if I'm going to view it from that angle. Yeah. But when you look at the way that the Academy views things, you know Dune's going to get it, no matter what. Right. So, you know, I, I love seeing that they're on there because it shows diversity. It shows what they're trying to do to change things up a little bit for uh, comic book fans like myself and things like that. But I have to say, I mean, you have to go with what the, how the Academy is going to be viewing it as, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. We actually have best score now. Best original score, give it to Dune. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer already won uh, before, and I think it's... Although uh, Johnny Greenwood, I believe is uh, the name of the composer, is also fantastic. He, he does all this uh, country-western kind of thing, and he did fantastic in The Power of the Dog as well. So, And, of course, Encanto is there. I mean, this is also a card category. But I think it's going to be Dune. I think it's going to be Dune as well for score. Yeah. And I love Encanto, but come on, Dune, yep. <laughs> Dune's going to get that. Uh, so now we got Best Song, which is Be Alive with King, uh, which is part of King Richard. We have Dos Armageddus, or Gatus. Uh, and Encanto, yeah. And Down to Joy. Yeah. Which is Belfast. No Time to Die, which is also No Time to Die. <laughs> so uh, then you have Some You Do. For, from four good days, and then, uh, then that's it. Encanto should have submitted. We don't talk about Bruno because it's a sure win here. Um, and then let me tell you: if you haven't seen "Don't Look Up," there's a song in there by Ariana Grande, and it's called "Just Look Up." And it's when, when I when I saw this film October November. Um, that's what I told Netflix because they asked for my, you know, what, what we think of the film, la, la, la. I said, oh, my God, the song. That song is a single song that I, in my humble opinion, that en- 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 encapsulates the whole movie. It was brilliant. It's brilliant. And I don't know why that – it was nominated for the Critics' Choice, but the Academy did not nominate it. So I'm kind of – I want to say boo to the Academy for not, not nominating that film. So with that said – I think it'll be no time to die with Billie Eilish because it's Billie Eilish. It's a James Bond thing. How can you say no to that? Like mo- m- most James Bond movies, one best songs. <laughs> yeah, you know. So exactly, and you know, I'm actually shocked that they didn't put 
uh, nobody talks about Bruno, to be honest yeah. with you, over this song. Because it was the yeah. most downloaded song that they ever had on iTunes for yeah. a while. So yeah. I'm actually surprised that they didn't do that. But yeah, No Time to Die, easy win because of the fact it's a James Bond movie. Billy Idis actually did a good job with yeah. what she did for that song. It has that classic James Bond kind of feel to it. Yeah, so that's going to be my pick. So yeah. now we got the documentary feature. Now, this is like, you know, no matter what you predict, the Academy always will choose a different one. But it is the documentary feature. I think what I like to win for documentary is the Summer of Soul. That would win uh, Best Documentary Feature. Although I love Flea, the movie Flea, and it's on Netflix right now. It's a, it's a documentary, but it was shot. It was created like an animated feature. Um, watch okay. that. Yeah, watch that. But Summer of Soul, I think, will win for Best Documentary Feature. That's the one. And I can tell you guys, whoever's watching, I can tell you the ones with the most buzz. And uh, because it, this is hard, you know, not this is not like, you know, they'll show uh, Dune everywhere, right? But this one, they don't, I mean, you know, unless you really look for him. So. Okay. Um, I haven't seen any of the documentary stuff, so I'm glad that I actually have some insight into what you saw because now I actually know what to go with with all my list. I think so. I do appreciate that. The Summer of Soul will win. Uh, And I think we have the best documentary short subject because we're on the same subject. Best documentary short subject. The nominees are Audible. Audible is about deaf people, which is if we want Coda, this may win. Lead Me Home is about homeless. The Queen of Basketball is about the original Queen of Basketball. Like I think she was in the 70s or 60s, 70s, uh, the very first star of uh, female basketball, women, women basketball. Uh, three Songs for Benazir and When We Were Bullies about bullying. I think Lead Me Home will win for the subject matter. It's about homeless. But I will be so. I would not be surprised if the Queen of Queen of Basketball is also getting major buzz. So if you're doing your Oscar Oscar um, uh, betting, lead me home. I think will win. But the Queen of Basketball comes very, very, very close. Okay. So now we have international feature, which I'm going to let you go on ahead and talk about. uh, Go on ahead because I don't know how to say that uh, name. (laughs) Well, we j- I don't have the names, but we have Drive My Car, Flea, yeah. The Hand of God, Lunana, Ayak in the class. Yeah, that's the one I couldn't say. Oh, <laughs> I'm the worst person in the world. And I think because Drive My Car is nominated for Best Picture, not only Best International Feature Film, this will do a Parasite thing two years ago. So I think Drive My Car will take home the Best International Feature Film category. Okay. Uh, so now we get into my uh, my category a little bit of short films. <laughs> so, short? Okay. So animated short, Affairs of the Art, be, 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 Bestia, I think that's how you say it, Besta, uh, which also translates to Beast, uh, oh, Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and The Windshield Wiper is also the other uh, animated short. The only one that I got... Oh, I'm sorry, Manny. No, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Now, the only one that I got a chance to review recently is uh, Besta. As a matter of fact, I actually had a screener for it where someone reached out to me and I was able to watch it, and I loved it. I thought that it was different. I was shocking because I was not expecting the dream sequence to be that dark. Yeah. And Because I don't know if you saw it or not. That's the thing. 
I haven't seen it, but I heard that it's very um, it's grim for the Academy. The I'm I'm looking for the buzz. I saw of all these nominated films, I saw Robin Robin, and I think it will win. Uh, it's because it's of all this. Okay, I'll tell you the themes. Okay, identity yeah. issue. The bird with an identity issue. Check, right? <laughs> uh, and it's got you know she and it, the bird was. Uh, Adopted by a fun lo- a family of mice, Bur- but they're burglars, and their dream is to steal a sandwich. I mean, it's it's got all of those chuck marks that's gonna feel good and Oscar worthy, and I think it's Robin Robin, because I think from how you describe Bestia, it's a very it's, and I heard that it's also yeah, it's very grim and it's very dark for yes, uh, but it's uh, you know. Let me be honest with you, it's based off of so, here's the thing. Ingrid is actually it's based off of someone that went through Nazi Germany, and she's actually an undercover uh, person working in the organization of Chile with dictatorship. And she's going through the struggles of her anxiety, her emotions, and stuff like that, of being yeah. undercover, working for these people, torturing these people, th- going through the same routine every single day that she wakes up, and wondering if she's going to wind up to being the one who dies. Yeah. So it's very dark for an Academy of War not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, documentary short. It's Audible, Lead Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, The Three Songs, uh, Ben Zur, When We Were Bullies. But we talked about this already. It's The it, Queen of Basketball. Yeah. basketball or then, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, is that it? Uh, we actually have live action short. Oh, live and action. And that's it. Yes. So, did you see any? Other, did you see any of the films in the live action? Yes, uh, actually, I got to see three of them. Ooh! So, uh, to be honest with you, man, it's, it was a privilege to do this. I, I love supporting indie filmmakers and small filmmakers too. Yeah. And when I found out that I was going to be reviewing a uh, uh, Riz Ahmed film, the, yeah. the Long Goodbye. I, the part of me is like, I fanboy, but at the same time, I'm like, I gotta be professional here because I love Resumed for the sound of metal yeah. and stuff like that. This film is fantastic. Mm-hmm. For a short film, they put a lot of detail and a lot of heart into it. It's also a soundtrack based off of an album that he put out as well. So I've, and I always paint a that, picture when I'm telling short right. stories. You produce this as well. Rizamad produces as well, yeah. Yeah. And what I always do is whenever I do a review on short films, I always paint the picture. I'm like, okay, picture yourself. You're in your room in this thing. You have a lot of stuff going on. You have a girl that's trying to prepare herself for a date or a wedding. And then you're singing on the news of all this other stuff that's going on that's political around you, but you don't think it's going to be affected by you. Then all of a sudden, your life's changing in an instant. And then police, governments come busting down on your door and then next thing you know it, you're being you're being the one who's being handcuffed yeah. and you're being shot down. Yeah. And it's very powerful, it's emotional, it pulls on your heartstrings. I really like the long goodbye. Did you get to see any of these films that were nominated though? I saw Police Hold, and that's why I, I think it will win. <laughs> oh, I saw that one too. <laughs> I got a chance to have the screener for that one too, man. Um I it's said got- this. Right, it's Kafka as at the end, la la la, you know. So it has so much stuff going for it. You have the special effects, which I was I was not expecting visual effects to be that good for a short film. 
but it has that sci-fi element to it, us being addicted to our cell phones. What if we got arrested off of the fact that of, you know, you're just walking down the street one day, you're eating a banana, you're walking to work, all of a sudden this drone comes flying at you and saying, hey, look, you're under arrest, and there's no people around to defend you. All it is is drones surrounding you in the police station, and then you're being escorted over to that. That's a scary situation to go through. Right, and right. that's why it was powerful for me to see that. It's actually streaming on HBO Max in case anybody wants to know where they can watch that at. And I think it will win. It's very I have, I have oriented, but it also has a lot of heart. So we'll see. This is always this is always the hard ones to predict, right? Because it's there's right. not you know, all the buzz are going for the all different places and you're like, you know, so normally, normally, you know, I'll predict the Oscars I'll, you know, out of twenty four categories, I'll do like 20, 21, because the best live action, the best documentary short are very right. hard. Although it's going to, okay, if you follow, if all, if through the whole year, uh, you know, you attend festi- film festivals, chances are you would see all of these films or one or two of them. And then you'll be so happy when you see the, the nominations the following year. You're like, oh, wow, I saw that at the Heartland Film Festival. I saw that at the right. Palm Springs. That's and that's how I felt. I'm like, yeah. And it was so moving, Manny. I mean, I I just felt I'm just doing this independently, and I'm, and just an honor to be able to people reaching out to me, directors reaching out to me, with these, and I'm and they're trusting in me to do a job to review films. This is like a dream come true for me, oh. and everything. So another thing I want to mention is this too, because I actually. <laughs> Hear me? It's because of your Wonder Woman poster, I said. I think so, too. <laughs> Gal is just fantastic in my background. I cannot put a green screen behind me because Gal is just illuminating. <laughs> but, you know, Manny, another thing I want to mention is this. Alec Chu, Take and Run, I got a chance to chat with the director. I've gotten a chance to uh, review this film. And I, I, here's the thing. That's actually a dark movie, in a sense. Right. Because you're dealing with family that are so let me think when I'm think of the word here, they're so concerned about their own traditions and not worried about their own daughter's concerns and their own daughter's education and how she wants to actually provide for them and do things. Yeah. And they're so behind the times. It's kind of like Tony Soprano, where it's like over here is 1956. Out here, out there right. is 1999. Right. So it's and over there it's present time. Over there it's 1930s yeah. and stuff like that. No electricity and stuff like that. But I also said this: picture yourself. You're you just got yourself a job. You're excited about the fact that you got a job, and all of a sudden your life is also changing instant because of the fact these guys come busting in at this donut shop, and next thing you know, you're getting kidnapped to go get married to somebody that you don't know anything about. And then right. now you're sucked into this life and they're expecting it to be okay. Even the parents thought it was okay. And then also too, there's also pressure on the man though as well, because he's afraid to go against their, his family's beliefs. So I like to struggle within that self too. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely correct. Um, you know, what's cool. I think in this best live action short category out of the five nominees, nominated films, only one, is made in America. I mean, only one is an American film. The rest are from other countries, which is right. kind of cool, I think. You know, I think so too. I come to appreciate 
uh, directors from overseas yeah, and everything, too, to put their films out there. And I'm also loving more because of me reviewing these short films and they come from overseas. I'm actually having more of an appreciation for subtitle films now than I ever did before. Yeah. And everything. And I just love it. I'm eating it up like popcorn. I'm enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, I think that Alicatru is a fantastic film. Also, too, Maria, uh, the director, is a fantastic director and very down to earth, very sweet woman. And I would love for her to win, and I would like to resonate to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, good. Well, maybe, yeah, and and then you can call me again and say, yeah, yeah, please hold it. <laughs> but if Trust I, me, I'm going to be doing a lot of texting or a lot of tweeting at you <laughs> and everything, too, to oh, say, yeah, nah, nah. Live tweet the Oscars um, beginning at 5 p.m. Okay. On Sunday, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is this is kind of fun. I love it. I, this is this guy. Here's the thing. I don't. I'm. I'm not even. I haven't even written my full Oscar prediction. So this, you're getting it first. <laughs> you're getting it here. Hey, I feel like I got a Manning exclusive, so I'm honored to actually have a Manning exclusive and prediction for actually my project tomorrow. So yes. And I think I made it easier for you now to write. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm so, all prepared and everything. Exactly. So, Manny, I, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on here, and I'd love to have you back again. This has been a great back and forth between the two of us, and this is our first time doing it, and I just feel like the chemistry is there. It's Aww. it's really great to actually have you on. Well, so, thank you. So, with that being said, man, you're, you're very welcome. Yeah, and let me know when you know, I can always come back. Maybe we'll do, like, you know, the best, like, the half of the year, the best movies from the last six months or whatever. Yeah. Heck yeah, I do top 10 shows all the time. So yeah, you're more than welcome. Perfect. Yeah, just let me know. Sure will. And right. Manny, where can everybody reach out to you if they want to follow you on social media and all that stuff? The easiest way is go to my website, mannythemovieguide.com. You'll see all my interviews and reviews and la, 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 la. Okay. You'll see interviews so- with, um, my latest interview is for a movie called The Bubble with uh, John Apatow. You'll see my interviews with Judd. You probably had seen this, that, that Cliff Beast 6, the yeah. dinosaur thing. And, and Netflix asked me to like, can you pose this and pretend that it's like the best dinosaur movie ever? I'm like, sure. Do and, anything for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for, I actually yeah, share that. But <laughs> yeah, and, and I was able to interview all of them. Leslie Mann, you know. It's fun. So you can see my interviews with them there. And I'll also put my my Oscar my full Oscar predictions in all categories. Okay. And guys, you guys can go on ahead, follow me on TikTok. Well, first of all, follow me on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite over there. Underneath the same brand name on Instagram and on Pinterest as well. If you'd like to donate to the show, I understand this pandemic and everything else has been eating up the economy. But if you choose to do so and want to donate a couple of dollars to me and everything just to keep the lights here on at Movie Lovers Unite, just go on ahead and go to buyusacoffee.com forward slash movie lovers. That's how you can do that. But simple like, simple share, and also smashing that subscribe button on the bottom right-hand corner and smashing that bell to allow you guys to know when we have something new coming out. Helps me, and it helps you out in the long run as well. So that's what I need you guys to do. Also, too, rate us on Good Pods, rate us on Spotify, rate us on Apple Podcasts as well, so that way we can get new audiences in here to where they can actually enjoy our show as well. Then, of course, go on ahead and follow me on TikTok at Movie Lovers Unit Zero over there. And then, of course, on 
Twitter as well at Movie Lovers Unite over there as well. If you're a sponsor or would like to be on the show, just email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere that you guys can follow me at. Thank you again, Manny. It's such an honor to have you on here once again. And thank you for your time. I do appreciate it. Yay. And always, until next time, guys, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye. Bye.